We saw the success in our pilot. We know that patients will continue using telehealth, will not necessarily come in for each and every visit, and they don't need to, as long as we can continue reaching out to our patients outside of the health center. And that's where remote patient monitoring is so important and so valuable. Welcome to the Health Pilots Podcast, presented by the Center for Care Innovations. This podcast is about strengthening the health and well-being of historically underinvested communities. Every episode offers new ideas and practical advice that you can apply today. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica with the Center for Care Innovations. And today, we're talking about one of the exciting projects that Northeast Valley Health Corporation has been working on for the past year and a half. Our hope is that by sharing the highs and lows of this particular digital health solution, safety net organizations can apply our lessons learned to their own challenges. I'm here with Deborah Rosen, one of our Tech Hub Learning Community members in our Tech Hub Learning Network which is 14 Tech Forward California-based community health centers, clinic coalitions, and primary care departments in county health systems that are working to accelerate the adoption of innovative technology. We partner with our Tech Hub members to vet, pilot, evaluate, and spread innovative digital health solutions targeting Medicaid markets and historically underinvested communities. We are excited to bring you this story today. Deborah, can you tell our listeners a bit about who you are and your organization? My name is Deborah Rosen. I direct quality and health education at Northeast Valley Health Corporation. So my uh, division is very large. It includes uh, managing patients with chronic disease, our uh, dietitians, a lot of work around quality, as I said, and also immunization. So I've been uh, more recently very busy with COVID vaccinations at uh, my organization. So a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats at Northeast Valley. So Northeast Valley Health Corporation is a federally qualified health center in Los Angeles County. We are quite large with with 17 licensed health centers. We have approximately 82,000 users through each year and about 350,000 visits. Our population is about 84% Latinx, and we still have 21% of our population uninsured. Welcome, Deborah. So happy to have you here and sharing your expertise and experience with the rest of the community. So tell us more about your project that you're working on. Where did you start? So when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, Uh, We, as many other organizations, uh, quickly pivoted to telephone and telehealth visits or video visits. And so most of our patients were not coming into the health center physically. And so that um, certainly had wonderful advantages to continue serving our population. But as a result, uh, many of the quality metrics weren't happening because some of those have to be done in person. So what uh, we are we're finding out was that many of our patients did not have their blood pressure measurements in our system. And so we were quite concerned about that. And what we began to do is increase the number of blood pressure monitors that we were sending out to patients. We actually have two processes to do that. So one is if they have 
Medi-Cal managed care, the provider can order through durable medical equipment, a blood pressure monitor. And we also received uh, some free blood pressure monitors through the Community Clinic Association of LA County. And we have an internal funding mechanism at Northeast Valley. It's called I Support You, where we actually, as an employee, can give back to Northeast Valley. And that was chosen as one of the I Support You funds. And so we were able to purchase unconnected blood pressure monitors. So I'll give you an amazing number. Uh, We have provided since March of 2020 about 560 plus uh, blood pressure monitors through health education for patients who are uninsured and through durable medical equipment, over 850. So a lot of blood pressure monitors uh, went out into patients' hands. However, although we taught them how to use the monitor, we distributed those monitors, we didn't get their blood pressure measurements back so easily. And so we did discover that the unconnected process didn't solve all of our problems. So as we began to work on ways to get those blood pressure values in our system for those who have an unconnected monitor, we knew that we needed to try a different approach, which was a higher tech approach. And we looked into various remote patient monitoring vendors so that we could get the data across seamlessly. And so with that, we were able to evaluate a number of vendors. Thanks for sharing that, Deborah. That is really impressive. I'd like to hear more about the solution that you chose. Could you share more about the digital health solution that ultimately went for with your project? I think it was just over a year ago where I participated in an advisory committee through the California Healthcare Foundation. And we were um, given the um, responsibility and opportunity to assess uh, various remote patient monitoring vendors, mostly around cardiovascular diseases. So focused a lot on blood pressure for um, glucose monitoring. Those were the two main ones. And so I had an opportunity to look at a number of vendors and really was impressed with the vendor we ultimately chose, which uh, is called Remedy. And the reason why uh, we were impressed with them is for a number of reasons. So the first one, I think primarily uh, the most important one was that it was a cellular connection. And what that means is that our patients didn't have to download an app. They didn't have to register or create an account So because it's over cellular connection, that means that it isn't through Bluetooth. So it's actually much easier for patients to utilize the Remedy blood pressure monitors. The connection is really seamless. So the patient takes their blood pressure at home and it actually interfaces into a platform that can be accessed within our electronic health record. And so that was also very important to us because I didn't want it, we didn't want it to go into the health record immediately without somebody reviewing the data first. And so having it go into a platform allows our care coordinators to look at the information and receive alerts. And so they are really the connector between the patient and the care team. And so they assess that information first and then contribute or relay that important information to the provider. How did you select the patients for the project? So 
we um, didn't have a difficult time selecting the patients. I was actually surprised how easy it was. We have a, a clinical pharmacist, and he chose uh, some of the patients. And our care coordinators that work with patients identified some as well. It turned out that we have over patients, the 50 patients that are on the pilot represent 10 health centers. They come from 10 different health centers with about 26 different uh, primary care providers. So it was actually very easy. We easily identified the patients. And what was interesting is that initially I thought it might be better to just choose a small cohort of providers, really two or three. But then our uh, adult medical director thought this was an opportunity that many of our providers would want to participate in with their patients, appropriate patients. And so we opened it up. And again, 26 providers are participating with patients that are in their panel. So that was that was very uh, exciting. The reason why I wanted to keep small is that we can control a small pilot. Um, but with only 50 patients, what it turned out to be is that our care coordinators throughout each of our health centers only have a small cohort that they're responsible for. So that's worked out really well. We taught all the care coordinators how to manage patients on Remedy, but they only have a small group that they have to manage. Who handles the onboarding process for patients? So onboarding is actually very easy. We have care coordinators at each of our health centers, and they would handle distributing the blood pressure monitor, ensuring that the patient is taught and can use the monitor correctly. And then it goes home with the patient and we're waiting for that blood pressure measurement to interface into that platform. And so the care coordinators not only onboard it with uh, with the patients, but they're monitoring the platform for alerts. And so we're getting alerts from the platform through Remedy for patients who have an elevated blood pressure. And by the way, we've made the decision of when to receive these alerts at what levels. We also get alerts if the patient didn't take their blood pressure over a designated period of time that we've also made those, uh, made those decisions, what we're looking for. So they're managing that process, and then they relay the information that they're seeing to the provider when necessary, but they're the first line. They may first call the patient. They will first call the patient if they're not seeing a blood pressure measurement over the specified time period. They will call a patient if the blood pressure is elevated. And so they're the first uh, contact that patient has, checking to make sure that they took their medication, um, checking for any other symptoms, and once again, relaying that information to the provider. Thanks for sharing that detail. Thinking about Remedy as a platform, what was that? vetting process like? So for example, you probably know that CCI, we suggest this framework of making sure there is a mission fit, operational fit, and sustainability. Did this framework play into your decision-making at all? Yeah. So being, I was really had an advantage of being on the advisory committee through the California Healthcare Foundation. I really looked at many organizations, I think, or many, many vendors, about 20, and certainly were assessing each of the vendors for their mission for diversity in uh, their board or leaders. 
and also uh, sustainability as well and their organizational mission. And that was part of my vetting process. And I will tell you that Remedy came out close to the top uh, when I reviewed it and also when the larger committee reviewed it. And so those were many of the, the items that we did look at in terms of those that we wanted to, vendors that we wanted to work with. So Remedy stood out. It stood out then. Uh, they continue to stand out. We're really working at uh, improving the platform for us. Uh, what we found out is that patients who were well controlled with their blood pressure, they didn't need to continue taking it every single day. And so we've been working with Remedy for identifying different tiers, those that are in control, how often do they need to take their blood pressure, those are not in control, and coming up with a different approach for alerts so that we don't have alert fatigue um, for our care coordinators and uh, not for our patients as well. And I think that, again, the very uh, important aspect of Remedy was the ease, our patient, the ease in how... Um, easy it was really for our patients to use. And the fact that they don't have to download an app, it is not Bluetooth, it is cellular, and that connection is really easy for our patients. And our patients, as I described earlier, do experience that digital divide. So an easy system for, for them to use is really a top priority. That's incredibly important with using technology. And this kind of leads into my, my next question about sharing some highlights, some top highlights with your project? So I think um, the project has been very successful. First of all, we are comparing our pilot population, just the 50 who are on Remedy with the connected blood pressure monitors to patients who have unconnected blood pressure monitors, and then to the entire population at Northeast Valley who have a diagnosis of hypertension. And we are seeing with our pilot um, much higher control rates with their blood pressures. You have this incredibly successful program. I think the community would really benefit from learning what are these challenges that you faced and, and maybe some tips for overcoming them. I think the first one is really cost. And, and we know that there is a cost to this, although uh, the non-connected blood pressure monitors are also costly. So we have to look at a way to continue offering the unconnected monitors as well. But the connected approach is a little bit uh, higher cost. And so we are hoping in the future a couple of things. We're hoping through the for our Medi-Cal managed care patients through their durable medical equipment that instead of an unconnected blood pressure monitor, we're hoping that they will support connected blood pressure monitors. And we're really excited to be able to share the data on that. That's I wanted to do the pilot first to prove the concept. And then now it's really my responsibility to take this to the health plans both to see if they will cover it for their patients, but also, you know, if there's additional payment for this work that we're doing for remote patient monitoring. So now that I have the data and uh, showing that we have improved control rates for patients with the connected blood pressure monitor pilot, uh, we would like to see that the cost for the program will be sustained and supported through health plans. We will still need, as I mentioned earlier, 21% of our patients are still uninsured. So we will need a method to help control, uh, help support remote patient monitoring for those patients who are uninsured. 
This is not going away. This, uh, we will continue to see patients remotely. And uh, we know that it will still be a challenge to get patients to have their blood pressure values in our system and to be able to manage their blood pressure, even when they're not coming in physically to the health center. Who do you plan to approach thinking about plans and costs? I'm going to be approaching the individuals that I work with on quality metrics. And so that would be the first line and then really writing up a summary of the work that we've done and also our improved patient outcomes, which they're, of course, quite interested in. The health plans are quite interested in that. And so I will be writing up a uh, short report to show them how this has improved clinical outcome metrics with their blood pressure control and also the number of patients who don't have, who have hypertension and don't have blood pressure values within our electronic health record, which is really concerning. That's something that we need to continue to work on. So we are continuing to try to to reach out to each of our patients to get their blood pressure values so that we can help manage their chronic disease. What was your experience like in remote patient monitoring before the pandemic? In 2019, we were actually distributing some blood pressure monitors when, as an incentive, we were trying to get our patients to come to our hypertension classes. And so we came up with a plan that if they came to three classes, they would get a free blood pressure monitor. So we made them work for it a little bit, uh, but that was a really nice incentive. And many of our patients did come to three classes and got their blood pressure monitor. but. When the pandemic started, we wanted to make it a little bit easier for our patients to get a blood pressure monitor. And so that's when we really switched to giving it out to patients who had a diagnosis of hypertension and their blood pressure wasn't under control. And so that was our goal was really to increase the number, not to to necessarily use it as an incentive, but to really increase the number of blood pressure monitors that we were distributing. We were also in the past, uh, the providers were ordering DME, uh, durable medical equipment for patients who had uncontrolled hypertension, but the numbers increased significantly during the, the pandemic. And we've now also taught health educators, our care coordinators to order the DME so it didn't have to uh, rely just on the provider to order it. Of course, it has to be approved for that patient. But they are, uh, they are approving in many cases that blood pressure monitor to be sent to the home. It's interesting to, to think about how we are approaching you know, remote patient monitoring before or even thinking about it. And then the acceleration of the pandemic and staying connected to patients. Well, we did have some experience with um, a vendor called Propeller Health, and that is a product that provides sensors to patients with asthma. And so this is connected to a platform that we have access to. It's a web-based platform. And so we implemented uh, Propeller Health on patients who had uncontrolled asthma. And we were able to manage, uh, help them manage their chronic disease by assessing how often did they take their controller medication every day, were they taking their rescue medication too frequently? And then we would reach out to our patients based on that information. And so we helped manage those patients with asthma. 
And uh, the goal is to keep them out of the emergency room and help manage their asthma outside of their medical visit. So what would it, what was it like to innovate during a pandemic as compared to what you were already trying to do pre-COVID-19? So innovation during the pandemic was rapid. I will say rapid because we had a problem and we needed to quickly solve that problem. And so usually we spend a lot more time planning, thinking, testing. Um, But when the pandemic hit, we identified, uh, as I mentioned, patients weren't coming in. That meant we weren't getting blood pressure measurements. And so our goal was to get them blood pressure monitors as quickly as possible into their hands, teach them how to use it, and then work on getting those measurements back into our our system. And so it was much more rapid than it usually is. And then we, we are continuing to evaluate as we go forward. And as I mentioned, that although we had so many blood pressure monitors in our patients' hands, we weren't necessarily getting that information back into our system. And so then our work began, how are we going to get the information back? And so in addition to the the pilot for the connected blood pressure monitors, we're continuing to test the unconnected approach. We're sending text messages to patients who have a monitor with an upcoming telehealth appointment, asking them to be prepared to take their blood pressure at the visit. We are alerting our care teams, our MAs on intake, This patient has a blood pressure monitor at home. Please make sure to remind them to take their blood pressure. And so those are innovations that, those are interventions and improvements that we're working on. But the innovation is really that connected program, the connected blood pressure program through Remedy, because that information is coming over seamlessly. I've been really excited to you know, to know that you are doing these two different approaches to RPM all within your same organization and, and watching that happen. It's really excited to continue to learn more. And in the spirit of learning, you are a part of our learning network. And here we are big believers in collaboration and not reinventing the wheel. How did your peers in the Tech Hubs program support and help you push this project forward? So lots of support through Tech Hubs, as well as the CCI Grant Connected Care Accelerator. And so that work really overlapped each other because a number of organizations were doing work around remote patient monitoring. And so there was really, I would say, synergy among those two programs. And and we did decide at Northeast Valley that we would create two cohorts We would do one cohort on video visits, our telehealth component of Connected Care Accelerator, as well as our remote patient monitoring program. And so Dr. Park uh, led our telehealth work. She's our chief medical officer, and I led the work around remote patient monitoring. And so with that, uh, we had an opportunity both through our tech hubs and through Connected Care Accelerators to share our work and listen to other organizations sharing theirs and definitely have learned a lot about different vendors, advantages, and disadvantages. We continue to be happy with the one that we chose. Um, Again, uh, ease of use is really a primary consideration for our patients. And so we continue to be very happy working with Remedy and we're looking forward to expansion. It's really nice to hear how... um 
you know, this learning community is sharing and learning and, and impacting each other's growth. As a community of safety net providers, how can this community support your efforts with the health plans, with pushing this work forward? I think that one of the things that we'd like to do with tech hubs is to invite, uh, we have talked about this, to invite health plans to our our meetings. And I think that would be their good support for the tech hubs because I think that we're doing so much, we are innovating and the health plans really need to hear the work that we're doing. They need to hear about our successes, our challenges. And we need to really have that conversation, ongoing conversation about what they're interested in supporting and what we need support for. So I'm really looking forward to including the health plans in uh, our Tech Hub's conversations. Any advice for listeners in thinking about implementing similar technology like Remedy for RPM? Yeah, my advice is always to talk to the organizations. We did uh, talk to various organizations before we made our choice. We, as I said, vetted many organizations, um, but I think what stands out is when you really talk to individuals in the organizations that are implementing this. And I know that sometimes is challenging because uh, we often get calls and, uh, you know, it, it is time that it takes from us, but I think it's important to collaborate, to share our successes, our challenges, and really learn from each other. And so, you know, whenever possible, I almost always say yes to a call from an organization, and I hope that they will say yes as well, because that learning is so important. We really want to hear from others what's been successful, what the challenges are. And that's where, you know, participating in the tech hubs and these grants are so valuable as well. We can really learn from each other what works and what uh, the challenges are for the different uh, products, the different vendors. Thanks, Deborah. I'd love to hear what's next for you. We're really excited to expand Remedy. We saw the success in our pilot, and we do have funds through the American Rescue Act plan, ARPA, and we are using some of that money. I think that the organization, Northeast Valley Health Corporation, really sees remote patient monitoring as very important for future work. We know that patients will continue using telehealth, will not necessarily come in for each and every visit, and they don't need to, as long as we can continue reaching out to our patients outside of the health center. And that's where remote patient monitoring is so important and so valuable. So we were willing to use some of the ARPA funds to invest in remote patient monitoring. We right now are in conversations with Remedy to expand blood pressure monitors as well as our glucose monitors. So we're really excited to move into that uh, different area. And we know some of our patients have diabetes and hypertension and may use uh, both of those monitors. So we're looking forward to seeing what we can afford right now and then adding and getting experience with uh, glucose control through remote patient monitoring. So we feel like we have a lot of experience and uh, this will be relatively easy and it will be relatively easy as we know how Remedy works and we know that there is an interest by our providers. And what we do have to be concerned about is as we increase the numbers, we will also increase 
the work that we put on our care coordinators because they are really that front line. They're the connection between that patient who is taking blood pressures at home, testing their glucose at home, and relaying that information to the provider, the most critical information to the provider and to the care teams. And they're the first line of reaching out to that patient to uh, really manage their chronic disease. And so we need to be mindful of how much uh, bandwidth our care coordinators have as we expand remote patient monitoring. Thanks, Deborah. Yeah, I really appreciate your thoughtfulness around that. Thanks for sharing your expertise with us today. It was really nice talking with you. 